Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're tuned to the Steve Donahue Show on CPL Radio, your one-stop daily source for Steve's take on the world of books. And now your host, the book critic who literally reads everything, Steve Donahue. Greetings, fellow patrons of the Cedarburg Public Library, and welcome back to the Steve Donahue Show, where we discuss bookish news, views, and reviews with criminological exactitude. It's bookish news today, fellow patrons, because lately I've been thinking quite a bit about J.K. Rowling, the squintillionaire author of the Harry Potter books. I recently read a piece in The Critic called Braving the Goblet of Fire, in which Nick Cohen talks about the uh, troubled blood the latest Cormoran strike thriller Rowling writes under her pseudonym Robert Galbraith. Uh, the piece initially intrigued me because one of the things Cohen does is make a straightforward case for Rowling's worth as an author. I read Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone back when it first appeared in the U.S., and to put it mildly, the worth of the author wasn't foremost in my mind. I thought the prose was dreadful, the plotting was non-existent, and what uh, has since become known as world-building was shoddy and improvised. These were the main reasons I held off reading any of the sequels at first. But I was working at a big retail bookstore at the time, and it was impossible to overlook the sheer phenomenon the Harry Potter books were becoming. We held midnight release parties that packed customers into every inch of our enormous store with more waiting in line outside. We held themed parties where the sheer joy of the children attending warmed even my stony heart. <laughs> uh, and we sold mountains of the books in hardcover and paperback, and not just to children. I fretted during all those years uh, that all those children and their young parents were squandering their reading time on mediocre stuff. But after the Harry Potter series concluded in 2007, I started noticing two things. One was discreet and personal. I read Rowling's 2012 novel, The Casual Vacancy, and was, and was surprised, actually surprised myself, by how much I liked it. Not only did it share none of the structural weaknesses of the Harry Potter books, 
but it seemed, much to my delight, to have actively learned from them. The other thing was broader and even more moving. I became aware that a great many of those kids who'd literally learned how to read by utterly losing themselves in the Harry Potter world had grown up to be very strong readers of everything else and genuinely, delightfully bookish people. Only a few years passed before I realized I no longer had it in me to begrudge the books or the author their place in literary history. I've never read any of the Cormoran Strike novels, but Cohen's measured praise of their strengths intrigued me, particularly when he broadened his piece to include the controversy that's engulfed Rowling in recent years and that guarantees, among other things, that Troubled Blood and all the subsequent books by this, the most popular author in the world, will be quietly ignored by almost every critical journal in the world. That controversy, my fellow patrons, involves TERFs, not T-U-R-F, a word that instantly gladdens every heart, but T-E-R-F, which in the fevered hate parlance of the 21st century stands for trans-exclusionary radical feminist. <laughs> According to her legion of enemies, many of whom in very Harry Potter-esque twists were once her former pupils, J.K. Rowling is a turf, perhaps the most infamous turf in all the history of turfhood. Rowling began incurring this wrath years ago by making the one simple declarative statement that's guaranteed to send left-wing progressives into transports of rage. That biological sex is real. Because you're in Wisconsin, a state that hasn't wholly surrendered the common-sense grasp of reality that all states once upon a time exercised, this declaration may confuse you. You may wonder why biological sex is real is any more controversial or likely to spark outrage than Earth revolves around the sun. Of course, biological sex is real. If it weren't, none of us would be here. But in the context of what Cohen refers to as the turf wars, the declaration takes on all the subtlety of a sledgehammer because the declaration is connected with the question of civil rights for transgender people people who have the firm feeling that their own biological sex is wrong and that they were meant to live as the opposite sex. Such people may dress the part. They may take hormones to help feel the part. They may submit to various surgeries to help them more fully inhabit their own skin. And in the 21st century, we've seen more and more legislation designed to protect their decisions, to let them live their chosen lives without, for instance, discrimination in the workplace. And such legislation should continue, of course, since discrimination in the workplace, in society, in housing, in healthcare, in the military, is wrong. Trans rights, as you may once upon a time have heard the occasional politician say, are human rights. But no matter how much legislation you pass, no matter how tolerant a society you build, and we're a long way off, but we should keep trying, no matter how many surgeries you invent, two fundamental realities still obtain. First, biological sex is real. And second, biological sex can't be changed. At first, before she got her hackles up at being threatened with death every day by people she taught how to read, that was all Rowling was asserting, that biological sex is real. The basic reason she was attacked for this is as simple as it is dismaying. The most vocal elements of the modern progressive left don't just want to commandeer the political discourse, they want to commandeer reality. They want to tell you, with the bored, tired tones of a Nobel Prize-winning scientist forced to explain basic chemistry to children, that there are 750 genders, 
that every single person in the world except themselves is a racist, homophobic, transphobic bigot. And that trans women are women, not just because that's how they want to live and be treated and so the rest of us should treat them that way out of simple courtesy, but literally that a man who, tra who transitions to a woman becomes female, biologically. None of these things are true. <laughs> and for the crime of speaking against the new orthodoxy, J.K. Rowling has been branded a transphobic turf. She's given more money to trans charities than any of her critics will see in their entire lives, but it doesn't matter. She's spoken out on many occasions about the dignity we should all prize in each other, but it doesn't matter. It isn't transphobic to point out that biological sex is real, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> we are enduring a new era of Victorian respectability, Cohen writes in Braving the Goblet of Fire. The 19th century policed what subjects writers could discuss. The 21st century allows them to discuss what they want, then polices how they discuss it. His point was proven just recently on Twitter by a young author named Phil Stamper. Stamper is the author of a first-rate young adult novel called The Gravity of Us, and he has a new book making its way to readers early next year. He recently published a message on Twitter that said, one cool thing authors can do to slowly erase JKR from existence is to literally erase HP, that's Harry Potter, references from our books absolutely horrifying. And he quickly followed it up with something even worse. Quote, if you get an ARC, that's an advanced reader's copy, of his new book, you'll find three small references to the HP world that I was able to take out of the final copy. If you get a physical, in other words, a printed review copy, I'll drop the page number so you can take a Sharpie to them. In other words, advocating that people redact and censor his own books. To add a quick note of cowardice to these bits of pure evil, Stamper then sent a third tweet, and it read like this, muting this thread before the inevitable happens, LOL. And for those of you Wisconsinites who may not be familiar with internet speak, LOL means laughing out loud. The inevitable, in his mind, no doubt consisting of a bunch of right-wing Trump-supporting turfs reacting to his first two tweets by calling them horrifying by saying there's hardly anything more revolting than one author calling for the erasure from existence of another author. Yes siree, absolutely. Only the alt-right could possibly object to somebody wanting to erase somebody else from existence because he disagrees with one of her political opinions. <laughs> Even more depressing for me was the large number of enthusiastic comments Stamper got. He's a narcissist and his tweets got attention, so of course he didn't mute them. Uh, people commenting that they, too, would take a sharpie to any mention of J.K. Rowling in the stuff they're writing. That they no longer own her books. That, most heartbreakingly of all, because of how pathetically false it is, they never really liked her all that much anyway. I myself won't sink to Stamper's level. I'll read his next book with an open mind, even knowing, as I now do, what a book-burning monster he is. It'll be a strange experience, certainly, if his young characters are living in a world where J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter never existed, uh, have been erased from existing, then those characters are living in a reality as different from actual existence as Hogwarts itself. But I'll try to make the adjustment, because unlike Stamper and so many of his followers, I'm neither a bully nor a fascist. Uh, but it won't be easy. Uh, and that's where I'm going to sign off for today, fellow patrons. I know I said yesterday that today's episode would be happy and cheerful. And in a way, this one still manages to be. 
since the viciousness and woke fascism it describes still has very little foothold in the great state of Wisconsin. <laughs> but even so, that's a bit of a stretch, so I'll try harder for a lighter tone tomorrow. And until then, I'll wish you all a wonderful bookish day. The Steve Donahue Show is a production of CPL Radio, a service of the Cedarburg Public Library located in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.